Yo, what the fuck is up? This is the Steel Real, the in-house draft house podcast. I'm your host, Petey Steele, and I have a very special guest today. Well, not so special because she's what? been here before yeah, that's true. and shit, but um, so not exclusive so much, but... Well, I'm exclusive to this podcast. Yes, you are. Yeah. 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 Oh, really? This is the only one you've ever this done, This is the right? only podcast that's I've right. ever done. Anything here to drink? There's a diet? Yeah, there's one diet. How'd you know? Uh, I know my white bullets, you know? That's what it's about. Stereotypical move. Oh, is it? I thought it was pretty progressive. Like, looking out for needs and... No, it is, it is. I'm I'm calling myself stereotypical. Okay, yeah. You dumb bitch. (gasps) I'm leaving! Call the fucking everything police. Mm -hmm. So, uh... This is Elena Torres, everybody. This has become a very good friend of mine in the past. Uh, when did you get near the town? I moved here in Feb- late February, so like March of 2016, and I started doing comedy that summer. Wow. So, summer Okay, yeah, so that mm-hmm. was like a summer a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I met you at Kurt Shackelford's That's right. Oh, Sullivan's. Kurt thinks That's I hate right. him now. Really? Yeah, well, I haven't done anything for him since I stopped doing the um, the hosting at that very room. Oh. Not because I have any personal vendetta. I've just been kind of lazy on that tip. Right, but, right. But, uh, yeah, anytime I've seen him, like, I've done one pig gig. He's like, hey, 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 what's going on, man? What's going on? You know how you go. Yeah. So... Kurt. Well, I think Kurt hates me, so it makes one big circle. Oh, it's perfect. That's yeah. why I brought you on to that. I knew yeah. there was a, something we had to talk about. Right, what, right. What's been going on? What have you been doing? What have I been doing? A lot of comedy. Mm-hmm. A lot of comedy. And I've been doing, you know, I write, my day job is I write for film and TV in Mexico, so I've been doing that. But just doing a lot of this and just totally, you know, the way that I've been approaching comedy is so different. Right. Like, because, you know, it's been, I'm in, a, I'm in a weird point in my comedy career. Where okay. you'll, you'll probably get this. I feel like a lot of comedy, you know, when I was new, mm-hmm. a little over a year ago, I was like, you know, when you're new, you get some laughs. And right. you're like, you're like, I'm so fucking good at this. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I thought, I really thought I was the shit. I was like, I'm pretty good at comedy. In two years, I'm probably gonna have a Netflix special. Like, yeah. like, like, I'm, I'm really fucking, you know. And you'd look at other people and be like, I'm better than him. I'm better than him. I'm better than him. And now that I'm like a year and a half, and yeah, almost a year and a half in, um, it's more like, shit, I've got a, like you really like. I feel like I know too much, you know. Like I know so much more, and you and I can distinguish different laughs now because when you're new, people laugh like that's enough. Sure, but. You know, you know, there's a difference in what kind of laughs you're getting. Yeah, whether it's polite laughter or it's like right. actual fucking laughter, or like that kill that, belly rah, laughter yeah, where you're making laugh. people roar and you've got sure. them and they're just with you and you're punching and you're punching. You can like, feel their brains hurting. From right, like laughing right, too hard. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, man. I, I love that feeling and learning to kind of. I always knew in a way how to differentiate those laughs. I didn't right. know that right. from just growing up where I came from. If, you know, you weren't getting that kind of laughter. Your insults were only so good. Right, right. Because that's sort of where I'm coming from. Right. Joning, <laughs> right. snapping, whatever, on the street type shit. Right, um, if it's not working on the playground. It's <laughs> yeah, it's no fucking good. Because right. that's a war zone, you know, right. everyone's ruthless. So, like, 
I always knew that, but I also thought that it was such a different thing from doing stand-up comedy. That's part of the reason I didn't start till I was like 30. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I knew that it was a thing where if you got a little bit of a laugh, oh, you actually did something kind of cool because nobody had to laugh. This is like a bar show and you're supposed to go up there and eat shit or something or bomb because it's the hardest fucking thing in the world, which I've come to disagree with. I think I disagree with that too. People say that all the time. And I'm like, it's really not, I mean, no, it's not. Yeah, no. It's pretty easy. You have nobody telling you what to do at any point. mm Mm-hmm. There's no rules. No. You get to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's another thing I love about it. But mm-hmm. I, I got to say that it's been really interesting kind of coming away to where a lot of the delusion of like, oh, I'm so amazing has been kind of stripped. Like, right. I'll feel that way sometimes after I have like a really killer set and I'm like, I know what I have to do. I know where we're at what it's going to take to kind of get to the next level. I don't know every step. I'm, I don't know what, what every struggle is going to be like getting up right. that ladder. But I do know that I have the potential and it's there. And it's just going to require a whole shit ton of work until right. I kind of figure out all the nuances and intricacies of the process right. or whatever. And you get to levels where you just say, all right, now I'm plateauing here unless I incorporate this kind of thing. My newest thing is right. like crowd work. Right. I, I'm i not horrible at it, but I've never gone to it as like my first line of defense. Whereas I watch a guy like Tommy Sabazo, who I opened for the other night at some bar show, um, done the John Yeager's things. French mm-hmm. Quarter Brizzerie. Right, right. That's why I couldn't come to your Driftwood oh, show. Oh, okay, fine. But, um, so I, he will just start off and do 15 minutes of fucking crowd work. Yeah, like right off the bat, before he gets into anything. And then he'll flow in and out while he's doing material and just like pick on somebody again. It's something they had before as an exchange reminds him of like his material he's doing that minute. Right. Or if hey, you know, this is something else about him and he can just kind of pick fun at it. And I was like, how do you get good at it? He's like, just do it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. But like, It's a totally different skill, though, I feel. Yeah. Like, it's a totally different skill and it's a totally different part of your brain that just has to be, like, on it, on it, on it, on it. Right. Whereas if you have writing, it's... I mean, writing also feels so much safer. Oh, I need to totally. get better at crowd work, too, which is why I started hosting the Driftwood Show. Right. Because I was like, hosting's going to force me to do it. Force you to do crowd, crowd work. work because if I didn't have something that was forcing me to do it, like I know myself well enough that I'll always just do jokes. Yeah, no, me too. I you just know? love to have the fire material and just right. slam right. shit all the time. But right. you're not going to get any better. Even if people think you're like the best and you're killing that night, you don't have as much right. shit truly going on under the piano hood. You know, Absolutely. Unless you're fucking working on something like that because that's such a distinctive muscle. I think the only thing after that for me would be like learning how to dance. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I'd probably be better dancing than crowd work. I don't know. But it's like, the other thing that crowd work helps so much is like, if you're doing new material, Uh you know, so you don't know how things are going to go. Right. Like, if you do something and it doesn't hit, 
then you just go into crowd work and you bring them back and you can acknowledge it. Yeah. And everybody's right on board with you. Yeah, recovery jokes. Right. Like, I saw Tony Woods do just absolutely, like, he was just bombing. But he did such great crowd work the whole set. It was wow. really late night at Big Hunt. But he did such great crowd work that, like, people didn't know he was bombing. Nobody knew he was bombing other than him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he had so many tricks up his sleeve and he'd, like, mention someone over here, mention someone over there. Right. And, like, that was one of the coolest sets I ever watched. Because I was like, look at him just save himself out of this. Totally. Just dig himself a ditch and right. just fall out. Right. Yeah, no, he's unbelievable. Right. And he got off stage and he was like, oh, man, that was so bad. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, I should have done this, this, and this. I was like, you you just mastered that so beautifully. Like, yeah. I've never seen somebody do That's that. That's something to watch is to see guys like him or guys that have done it a really long time or good. Guys like Randolph who would tell me, oh, yeah, this is what you need watch your set and I'm like holy shit like yeah that makes sense you know but I would have never thought about it because I just haven't developed that sense of what's what these little like small improvements or arrangements or what have you right it's and it's great to watch other younger comics get some of that same tutelage and and just how (laughs) How he used to do to me, like he would always tell me, you need to cut that train joke off there. Just walk away with the laughter, you know. And right. I wouldn't do it because I, I held on to it like that's my baby. I don't want to cut off right, like, right. that extra tag or two, right, right, or whatever, you For know. Sure. And then he'd get pissed at me because I wouldn't do it. But he's like, God damn it, what have we talked about? Blah 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 blah. Right. But then it worked, and I'd be like, oh, that's really good advice. And he'd be like, I know it is. You know, and yeah. that's like his line. You said it to Jack Colbert. He's like, yeah, that was pretty good. He's like, I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> Cutting has been, that's been something too that's, that I've been learning in comedy. That so many of my jokes, they just work, but just cut that, cut that. You can't get too emotional about it. Because I'll be like, well, this part of the joke is really essential. Because I explain why when that happened to me, it was really bad. Yeah. But nobody's laughing in that line. So then I'll cut it out. Mm-hmm. And then the joke works even better just the same. Yeah. It's amazing you know? how you can watch an A joke at one year go to like an A++ in like two more years. And yeah. just cutting out or adding the yeah. right things. It's just so... Yeah. Uh, uh, more proof it's an art. It's It really is. It really is. More proof my dick jokes are yeah. <laughs> artistic. Um, right. So, you're writing for Mexican TV during the day? Yeah, I write for, well, I'm part of a production company in Mexico City that's sort of like a writer's agency, because down there it works in old studio system style, so Mm -hmm. like when I used to do soap operas and stuff, I was contracted with a certain studio. Right. And so now slowly in Mexico, you know, the entertainment industry there has gotten pretty important, is it's starting to switch over to the same thing that we have here, which is... People are slowly starting to work as independents instead of oh, being because, wow. like, back in the fifties, everybody was tied to you were either tied to MGM for seven movies, either as a writer or as an actor, or you were tied to Warner Brothers for four movies, and you paid a, you got paid a monthly salary, and that was that. Do it yourself, huh? Right, and then now I got like, soltera. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What? Hey, hey, there you go. Woo, woo, woo. So they're starting. That's starting to change because there's becoming more and more options for content, and so I'm part of. You know, first writers and content happens first, and then you know actors and stuff follows. So I'm part of this um, production company and this group of writers 
Most of them have much better credits than I do. Right. Writing-wise. And I just sort of... I'm the English writer. So I basically just write. It gets to be pretty creative. Cause you I write out stuff. of an office or... I write from home. Just from home, huh? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I had the job before I moved here. Mm-hmm. And so they let me keep it because nobody else could write English. And I basically write scripts in English for the Latin American market in the U.S. And it just gets pitched to people all the time. Wow. Here. So it gets pitched to agencies, it gets pitched to studios, so it's a lot of... And up until now, nothing's ever gotten made. So it's like a lot of maybes and a lot of, like, dudes in their 50s telling me that I should change this or that about a show for teenage Latina girls. You know, that kind of thing. Really? Dudes in their 50s? And where do they get off doing that? Just because Well, that's just because they're in charge. Oh, because they're, they're in charge. charge. Yeah, right. that's just basically... It's just basically, like... A lot of the agencies or studios that tends to be the people that are in charge to make the decisions. Sure. So, you know, they'll tell you, change this, change that. And that's one thing stand-ups helped so much with that job. Because stand-up has given me so much more confidence mm -hmm. as a writer. Because I've only been writing professionally for two years. And most of my career is as an actress. And I managed to get this job as a writer from pitching a TV script I had about telling about a comedy script that I had. Oh, but, I'm, cool. but I got told a lot, like, you know, you're new at writing, so, you know, you should change this, you should change that. Mm -hmm. But stand-up as a writer, you just have immediate feedback. Right. Like, you just get on stage and you see if your writing works right there. Mm -hmm. Right there and then. So yeah. it's given me so much more confidence to stand by the stuff I'm writing in my day job, too. Mm -hmm. And be like, no, this works because of A, B, and C. No mm -hmm. matter what my experience is. Mm -hmm. No, totally. So, like... When you're doing that, when you write stuff for these guys and they go, oh, cut this shit out, do you ever just say, like, oh, fuck that? Like, yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, okay. you get in arguments and stuff all the time where, uh -huh. you know, my we have a sort of a boss who, for example, I had one script about teenage Latina girls that I was pitching to a couple different places in L.A., but it couldn't leave our company until it went through my boss, right? Yeah. And my boss had a note for me that I just refused to change. Because yeah. I just I just didn't see the project coming going that way. Sure. And I didn't even think that's what right. the studios wanted in L.A. But he was like, you've got to change this because no show's ever worked that way. Or the, And I just was like, I won't change it. I won't change yeah. it. I did a bunch of different drafts and it was just one note that we never agreed on. And it never right. ended up leaving... Wow. Leaving the office because I didn't want to. Because I mean, I I just knew that it wouldn't work You're with like, that. No, teenage girls like you fucking sound like way more. Right, 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 shit. right, right, right. <laughs> this is for teenage Latina girls, and his note was, you know, he didn't want that. He didn't want all the characters to be Mexican. He thought mm -hmm. that they should. It should be like one black girl, one white girl, one Chinese girl, one Mexican girl. And you said that Benetton shits out. Exactly. I was like, I was Mexico. like, why can't? Well, I, it was a show about East about girls in East LA. Oh, yeah. Come I was on. like, East L.A., everybody's Mexican. Yeah. Everybody's Mexican. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter that there are no TV shows, because that's the other thing that always trouble. What's working now? And now, you know, there's a lot of Benetton going on in TV. Yeah, but yeah. it was just like, there's never been a TV show about, you know, like, just, like, all Latina girls. I mean, there's a show on Hulu called um, East Los High. And that's about... A high school in East LA, and that pretty much everybody on that is Latino. Huh. But other than that, there's nothing else where you see like all Latin young people, and like it's such a huge percentage of the population. Yeah. Did you feel? I mean, how did you feel as like a Mexican coming up 
I mean, you're half Mexican, half Spanish, right? I'm half Spanish, okay. and I'm half American. But, but half, I grew up in okay. Mexico. I have no Mexican Mex- blood. Okay. I have Spanish blood, but I have no Mexican blood, but I've lived in Mexico most of my life. How, so, did you ever feel like, I mean, having like a Hispanic surname and coming into show business that it was like underrepresentation and all of that? Well, I had a different problem in that sense with all the acting stuff because I have a Spanish name, but I don't know if, how many people are listening know what I look like, but... I'm like blonde and green eyed and very white looking and I sound like this. Mm -hmm. So I don't sound like my name at all or look Mm -hmm. like my name at all. Yeah. So what would happen to me a lot, and this was never a problem in Mexico, right? In Mexico, people would just put me in parts. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was never an issue. I mean, and I would play Mexican girls on the soaps all the time. And it was a non-issue because in Mexico there were white people. Everybody knows that. It was not, sure. It was an absolute non... It wasn't really a problem. There were less girls that looked like me to compete with, which was helpful. Yeah. Because there, there are white people, but they're not that many. So, like, what? if they needed a blonde girl, I just had less competition. Mm-hmm. But in the U.S., what would happen... And this would happen every time I would do... You know, I would do a, tel- a telenovela in Mexico and it would do well. And then I would take time off to go to L.A. and really try to try to cross over in LA sure. as an actress and it got because the shows I was on did so well it got me in all the meetings you can imagine mm-hmm. with agents and whatever but they always told me the same thing they'd be like well your name's Elena Torres right and your credits are in Mexican telenovelas but you don't look Latin so I don't know how to market you right and that that's the real thing that I personally have come up with again and again or I had agents be like maybe you should change your name because it's just too weird that like, your name is this, but you look like this. What so about this? What if you was just marketed with your same name, but they put you as like, I don't know, the mom and or the you know, wayward aunt in like Seventh Heaven or something in Wisconsin or some shit like that? But you, yeah. you would just have your actress name, so you would be, in a sense, representing. Right, I could. But, but not like the culture or whatever right. on screen. Right. Would that be problematic? I mean, no, I that's what I, that's what I, I was like. Why don't you just send me out for parts right. that I could just play? Yeah. Why does it have to be? You have to put me in a Latina box because like, my name got is Elena Torres. Cubans playing like guys on Sopranos. And oh shit yeah. Like that well, like Cameron Diaz is Latina. Right. But like, yeah. <laughs> like you know Ooh, what I mean? Hello. There's all yeah. there's like Christina Aguilera, like. Yeah, you know there I'm are there that. are people or like um, what's his face from Lord of the Rings? Oh, um, Vince something with a V. Why can't I remember his name right now? Vince no. no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the the guy who stars in in all the Lord of the Rings the movies who I've, name I've starts with a V. The first one. I'm not much of a sci-fi guy. I forget what else he's in, but he's a really famous person, and I can't believe my, his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can Google it. I want, now, I, now I can't say Vin Diesel. But anyway. Yeah. He's like a super white guy, and his name is... It's a it's kind of a weird name, but it's not a Hispanic name. But he grew up in Argentina. And his wife is Spanish, and he lives in Spain. He's a pretty Latin guy, but his name just isn't. Vin, Lord of the Rings. Um, Lord of the Rings. I can't believe it. There's people listening right now that watch Lord of the Rings or like say his name out loud. Like, how could you? 
while you look it up, I'm gonna keep talking shit because I'm not fond of dick. You know, just the guy, the guy who stars on Lord of the Rings. The guy on Lord of the Rings. Uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah. So you did. You've been having some hard times with that. Cast. Yeah, I had some tough, but in Mexico, I never had to. I never, never had problems. That's why I would like. I would do because the telenovelas would run one season, mm-hmm. so there you you work nonstop for like nine months, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the time you have some time before you get cast on something else. Mm-hmm. So I would take that time usually go to LA and right. try to work, and you know a lot of times I would bring in because the shows I was on were like in the variety top five viewed shows every night. It was like America's Got Talent. Yeah. And like the Olympics, and then like us, you know what I mean? And so I'd come in and be like, I'm on that show, like the right. Spanish one, but they were like, I don't know, yeah. I don't know how to market you. So I just started working. I mean, I I tried that a lot, but I just started. I started kept getting more and more work in Mexico, both as an actress and as a writer. So I just ended up really staying there. It's cool. I mean, that's so, good money, right? It was good money. Yeah. It was good money. It was all in pesos. Hey, <laughs> make the pesos but, but it was, but it was good money. And like the great thing about stand up that changes all that is like in stand up, I can explain all that in one second. Like that was like the first jokes I wrote were all about how I'm Latina and I look like this. Right. It was like because I could just I can in two minutes I can just like explain like this is the deal, and people get it and they laugh and it's funny and it's just like a non. It's not an issue. Sure. You know, because I get to market myself. Yeah, that's great. Well, hey, let me ask you this. So, another obstacle as a female in comedy, since we're in the light of some pretty serious uh, seismic shifts in this business. I mean, how much sexism, misogyny, sexual harassment, anything like that have you encountered in the business that you feel comfortable talking about? In the business, in you mean in entertainment in general, or yeah, just in comedy? Well, you could do both. I mean, I mean, in in entertainment in general. I mean, all like I believe everything that's coming out. I mean, it's all. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of you know before. I've had agents say, agents or managers or producers like say weird stuff in meetings before. I've never been in a situation where anybody's actually physically done anything inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But worth thing, you know, inappropriate things have been said. Mm-hmm plenty yeah. it's almost like at this point I've almost developed like a I'm just so it's almost like I'm used to it which is not cool but you just develop right. like a thicker skin for and it unity. and you know how to just like walk away or ignore it or you know like okay well I'm not gonna work with that guy and when you're younger it's tougher that's why I understand a lot of these girls with the with you know like Harvey Weinstein or maybe you know some comedy people where it takes people a long time to come out is because when you're younger especially when you're a young actress or a young performer sure you're really putting yourself out there and there's a lot of you don't know mm-hmm. so I think a lot of men are quicker to take advantage of you sure because you you have this sort of naive attitude mm-hmm. a lot of the girls will see it you know like you'll see like newer girl comics it's just like or like in new guy comics anybody there's just sort of like a naivete that comes with it mm-hmm. you know it's the same in acting and I think that gets take adva- taken advantage of a lot and mm-hmm. then so it takes a while to like sort of get woke and realize like oh I that was totally unnecessary that that Agent came and sat next to me and told me that I could play like cute hot a lot and maybe I should come to a dinner and like that was really mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah. Good thing I didn't go. Like I was always good. I mean, I was very always good at making the right choice at the right time because I think mm-hmm. that is. I just got lucky. I have a very feminist mom in that sense who just was like, 
yeah. and they ask you to go to the dinner at their house, it's not really a dinner at their house. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. I believe it. Your mom's but, cool. I met your mom. Yeah, you have met my mom. Doing a show yeah. we produced what a month ago, I yeah. guess I wanna say. Yeah, yeah. She was really cool. And I, I was a, I was freaked out when I met her. I mean she seemed like funny but kinda like she could be stern kind of thing. And she I can was be. like Oh shit! I was like, I'm gonna go tell my fucked up jokes or whatever. No, they were cool like, about it. No, they were totally cool. Yeah, they yeah. Really liked it. They had a good I time. told all those dirty jokes that I tell about my husband in front of them. They yeah, were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I learned some amazing. Yeah, jokes. yeah. They handled it great. They thought it was great. They, yeah. yeah, they were cool about it. But you know, she was. She always taught me just not to take that extra step. And I could definitely see if you're with somebody as powerful as Harvey Weinstein or someone like that, and they're like come to the hotel room yeah let's talk upstairs sure. you're like oh i guess that's what happens and you know and do you think so. though that like all right in the business i definitely believe that it's that's there a lot um mm-hmm. do you feel like it's just oozing out of like every executive or anybody with power in there and if so is it a case of these guys not knowing any better, or is it just strictly there, just taking advantage of it and just being fucking pigs or, or whatever? Or is it is it a case of men being like men? Because um, I'm hearing, like, when I hear all the backlash on social media, I'm hearing kind of two timbers. I'm hearing, like, yeah, all this business is really terrible, and that's what goes on in all these big businesses. But then I'm hearing, like, this is men... Period. Men are scum. Kill all men. Men are trash or whatever. And I'm kind of like saying, well, I'm in entertainment. I'm a man. I try my best to be fair. I don't want to take advantage of women and shit like that. Right. That being said, I mean, for all trash, like, I don't know. Is it something we can even fucking help? I mean, it, it, this week has definitely had me thinking of doing a lot of self-auditing from way back in the day growing up because it is a I believe America it's a toxically masculine culture and there's ways that I'm conscious and unconscious of how I might have been a dick at very least um and who knows maybe just borderline scumbag. I can't think of any no. glaring things, but I can say that I think that, and, and I think this is true for a lot of men because I've been reading tons of think pieces on this right. subject and talking to other men about this and other women in comedy. And I kind of want to know where you think it is in terms of like, is this some huge egregious thing that's going to get shaken out and fixed up or is it kind of like a human nature thing that's just always going to kind of be there we just have to be like eternally vigilant or what well i definitely don't think all men are scum or that it's all men that all men are just like that Mm -hmm. i definitely don't think that's true and most of the men who have come up to me and like like even my husband has has has, with all this going on has been like have there been is there some girl gonna come out of the woodwork that i said something to Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of the guys who are doing the self-auditing are not the guys who yeah, are doing the inappropriate touching in the hotel rooms or doing, you know, I feel like, unfortunately, the kind of guys that are doing the stuff that's pretty terrible probably aren't 
doing a lot of doing reflection. a lot of reflection about it. They're like probably I heard just Weinstein like got to rehab and he was already jerking off. I mean, not like technically, but just didn't right. get it like a fucking joke. Right. That's from my experience. The kind of men that do that stuff are not the kind of men who are going to be listening to any of this. They might be like, "Ooh, I better cover my tracks on that or cover my tracks on mm-hmm. that." But I don't think I definitely don't think it's an all men type of thing at all. Mm-hmm. I think. I think in I think entertainment is a culture in which it's more permitted. So that's why I think it's good that a lot of the stuff is coming to light because I feel like more executives and people in power will be more afraid mm-hmm. of consequences. Yeah. Because I think at the same time, something that happens a lot in entertainment, like there's a lot of beautiful young women in entertainment, yeah. and a lot are willing to go an extra mile. To get the job. Because mm-hmm. they've been told since they were young that that's how you get the job. And so a lot of girls are just willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't be how you get the job. But it's no. just something that's... But so if you have... I think I think a lot of men do take advantage. And I think a lot of women just think that it's okay. Or think that there's certain things that they have to do in order to get the job. In order to get the part. Right. And I think there are certain executives out there. Definitely, by the way, it's definitely not every executive or every director or every person in power in the, in the industry at all. There are plenty of people in power in this industry who are men in power in this industry who aren't like that. Mm-hmm. But there's a good percentage that are. And I think a lot of them, A, are, it's part of why they're drawn to the industry. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, so I think it attracts people with a little bit of predatorial nature because... I mean, hey, if you like being around... It's like Brett Ratner's perfect example. Like, he just really likes movies and pretty girls. If you Mm -hmm. like pretty girls around you all the time, like L.A. and doing action movies, where you have to have, like... You know, you get to watch lines of girls auditioning for you. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes sense for their their personality type. So I think the culture itself and what it attracts, I think, makes it a little bit more prevalent. All that stuff more prevalent Mm -hmm. happen in entertainment. And I think comedy is a little bit different in that comedy is you don't it's not so much that where comedy is just like incredibly male dominated I've never been in in sort of a world that's more all guys because like in the acting world the men in it's it's usually men in power more often but there's a ton of girls around right but in comedy there just aren't that many girls around right that's true so I feel like in comedy, you know, it's a very different sort of, like, type of misogyny that happens. And I think a lot of it is because they're just, like, the numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy. And I think a lot of people in comedy are really socially awkward. Yeah, they're really and I think And awkward. I think a lot of a lot of guys in comedy, like, I, I see it. Like, I see guys in comedy talking to their dude friend over here, and I'll walk up, and I'll see them just get so fucking nervous. Yeah. Just because, like, I'm a girl, and they'll yeah. just get nervous. And yeah. I think sometimes that comes off as anger or you know they don't want to include a girl because they just not it's just not where they feel as comfortable and i think that leads to all sorts of things but i hope that all this stuff coming out at least makes those you know sort of like the bad guys in charge you know all these guys who are doing you know get more afraid of getting caught so therefore they'll be a little bit more sensitive to what they do and say Mm mm-hmm so I think it will make a difference. I think we're in a moment right now where there's a lot of it, but there's a lot of that sexual that sexual assault stuff goes on all the time. Yeah. I mean, as a girl, it happens all the time. I mean, I was telling, you know, my husband was asking me about, she was like, do you think any of these girls are lying? I was like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't even notice half the time the now, shit that... Now, when you say these girls, you mean CK or just all of them? All of them in general. In general. 
he was like, do you think people are just like getting on the bandwagon and being like, oh, maybe I can say this now, but I'm, and I said, no, absolutely not. Like most girls in the professional world have dealt with some sort of harassment thing at some point. I don't know any, I don't have any girlfriends that have it. Yeah. You know, it's all in different ways, shapes, and forms. You know, Harvey Weinstein is very extreme. Right. But, and in entertainment industry, it's much more extreme than in others. Yeah. But I think, you know, men take advantage of their power mm-hmm. a lot over women. They're like, oh, well, she needs this from me, and mm-hmm. I would like this from her. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. But I definitely don't think it's all men. It's all men at all. Right. Right. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, do you think Louis coming back? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. Yeah, I do too, actually. Unfortunately, I wish that wasn't the case. I think it's going to be like two years. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to write some special about it. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't look like there's going to be any legal repercussion. I don't think so. I mean, I've, I've heard some people already saying, yeah, there's this half-baked-ass apology that everybody read. Yeah. Boy, and that some ladies in comedy were sort of prominent ones with posting stuff like, all right, now give them jobs or give them kind of things like that. And I'm like, I don't know how, like, an abuser is going to be doling out, like, reparations to the victims or whatever. And no. I don't think it's going to go to court. Now, maybe by default, I think some of his accusers will get more work now with a little more notoriety of being an accuser. You think? I don't I do. know. I feel like some. I mean, I ho- I would hope that they would get more work. Part of me feels like it'll always be like that's the girl who got the hand yeah. drop from Louis C.K. and people might be more. I mean, that's you know. There'll be some undercut talk like that or right. whatever, but amongst people that could make it harder for them to get like some level of shit. But I don't know. I feel like I have seen cases where I'm not gonna name names or nothing, but like where people gotten situations and they were victimized and then fucking A, out of nowhere they're getting some more work because the case blew up and it was a notoriety and I don't mean to say that to cast anybody as like an opportunist no, 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 but I see what you're saying I think it, it can be a consequence of it whether it's a combination of like sympathy or just people say, hey, you know what that dude was a dick and frankly this Woman, he harassed, abused, blah blah blah. Now that I'm like familiarizing myself, it's actually pretty funny. Hey, wouldn't that be great for our show right. too if we extended a care out and said, "Oh, we're booking them" or this or right. that? I've seen that happen. I mean, in a local and national level. Really, I feel yeah. like most of the time. I mean, a lot of the fear as a woman, why you don't want to say anything, yeah. I mean, even when people have said inappropriate things to me you know, in different situations, I'm always worried that if I say something, it'll be always like, oh, careful, don't work with her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's dramatic, and it's so easy to be like, she's kind of crazy. Yeah. she said that happened, and I hope, if anything, I hope you're right, if nothing else, I mean, if these women are, if they're, if these women are funny, I haven't seen anything they've done. Mm-hmm. But, like, if their name's around, right. you know, hopefully people don't judge them as, like, that's, those are the girls that Louis C.K. showed their dick to, and that's where it ends. Right. I feel like... I, I don't think so. Once they, once your name's up there in the NYT, and right. you've accused, and then the next day he puts his head behind his, ear, his ass, and right. issues an apology, and says, all true, boom. I, I really do think you'll be hearing more 
from the other ones, other than the one that wasn't named or... Right, right, For but from those two, yeah. like the main two that, that said it happened. I don't know, I'd be interested to see what would happen there. But I definitely, I mean, I definitely don't think, I think, I, you know, I wish this was, I mean, I do and I don't, because, I mean, Louis, Louis is obviously an incredibly talented comic. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take yourself out of it, it's all just very sad. But he's been dropped from everything. But, I mean, there's so much news all the time. People forget. And I yeah. feel like in two years. And he's got a lot of money and power anyway that's not going anywhere. He has enough sure. to produce his own thing, do his own thing. I mean, he'll pro- he could probably tour forever. Yeah. He might not do television, he but he could probably tour. He on his own. Yeah, exactly. He Digital. Did, yeah, exactly. So he could probably... I don't. I don't think he's... No, he ain't going to be hurting financially. Absolutely, just, that obviously not. It's yeah. just about what, you know, he wants to do for the art or whatever that's going to be. Right. And I guess who will agree to work with him any longer out of either camp, male or female? I think, well, that's why I think right now it'll be pretty quiet. But, I mean, there are going to be a lot of, like, comedy bros that stick by him. Yeah. For sure. I think so. For sure. I mean, I think a lot of women probably won't, but I think though, I think there are definitely going to be guys that stick by him, and I think in two years he'll be right back, and everyone will be like, oh, remember that crazy thing that happened? Mm-hmm. And, I hey, mean, I think Roy Moore's going to get elected. I hate to say it. Yikes. And I think that uh, Trump may make it I was going to say, are you going to say Trump's going to... Do you think he'll do another four? Do you think he'll end up doing I eight? I hope not. I, I don't think eight. No, because I think more shit's going to hit the fan, but this idea that I had that he was going to make it a year and a half and get impeached, nah. I think a lot of people had that hope. Yeah, I don't think, no, he's not, yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere for the four years, for sure, unfortunately, but a lot of people are saying that he's going to do the eight. I, I hope people aren't that stupid. Oh, I think people are that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been around the yeah. whole country and I've seen it. And it's amazing some of the shit people believe in and they'll tell you yeah. quite fervently. Like, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with yeah, people? Yeah. yeah, people get really, really intense about God. I have a religious joke that I have to be so careful about. I see people get so uncomfortable with it. Good. Because, like, it? it's that one where I say... Tell the you know that they need to know. Yeah, basically, <laughs> the idea of the joke is that you know I don't believe that going to church every Sunday is the way to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't like listening to closeted gay guys in robes telling me how to live my life. <laughs> that always makes people really uncomfortable. And I say, like, you know, what if you get to heaven? You know, after you've gone to church every single Sunday, and you get to the pearly gates, and you're like, God, I'm ready. Yeah. Check my attendance. And God's like, yeah, um, actually the way in here is to donate to that commercial, you know, with Sarah McLaughlin and the sad dogs. <laughs> and then just a whole scenario about that. But it's basically just, a, it's basically more like a fuck religion, you know, fuck church joke. Yeah. And people, some people get really weird about that. Dude, many it's people. like it's a. I'm like I'm kidding. They yeah. throw their curigs out the fucking window, right? When the main defender reporter fucking says, "Oh yeah, uh, he's innocent. The age of consent is whatever." Back when he was, however, blah blah blah, right. old or nineteen, whatever year that all took place. And to me, that's just kind of like 
you know, throwing your Keurig out the window is sort of like taking no woman alone to dinner with you but your wife. Like, oh, like, yeah. Like, it looks like a show of loyalty, but you really oh, come yeah. off like a repressed homosexual. Well, and, and not, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not only a repressed, but like incredibly sexist. Mm. Like that, like therefore objectified. Like all women, therefore, must be objectified. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they're all out to take you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like like, do you feel like every woman would fuck you? No. Like is that like that's the other thing? Uh, no. I'm like get over yourself. And that, that's the thing that pisses me off a lot. When I was twenty, yeah, I, thought, <laughs> I, I did think most would. Now I I've declined, and you know, frankly, and, and I wouldn't want that anyway. You oh really? That's that's enough, I, you know. You can't, already, all the girls throwing themselves at you is too much. Every single one. Yeah, well, it's you not even the ones it. throwing themselves at me. That part's fine, but after <laughs> like a couple, you know, weeks of tremendous sex, I'm kind of just ready for a bark lounge. You know? <laughs> they're like, oh, what's your favorite color? Or yeah. something. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Leave me alone. I got I got enough energy to wash my car, and that's it. You know. We like to talk. Yeah. I don't know. That's we like right. we, we like to talk. But yeah, that's that's taken me some time to learn being being married. Like that some like like if Josh and I get in a fight, he needs to like just have his he needs to just alone he's time. just like just leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. And I'm just like, let's talk about it right now. He's just like <laughs> like I need to go for a walk, like <laughs> I will say though, my most recent like sort of concubine mm-hmm. that I met through comedy has been cool as shit. I mean, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, she's not even from D.C., uh-huh. so it's cool and she just comes to town to visit, but nice. she's all into just doing whatever we like doing. And, you know, is she a comic? She's a comic. Nice. Yeah. So she gets the schedule gets and gets the all schedule. the craziness. And- cool with that. She's actually... This is interesting because this is a new thing for me. She's polyamorous, so she's got some man. Okay. She's had almost a decade back where she lives. Right. But she met me when she was traveling abroad for work. Right. Right. And went back to him and was like, "We gotta be polyamorous." Oh, so she decided because of you. Cause That's. I think so. That's yeah. that's gotta feel pretty yeah. dope. Feels pretty amazing. Yeah. Like she wasn't polyamorous. Like you created the polyamorousness. Yeah. And for the record, in case any like you know Unitarians are listening, I did not fuck her before she made that declaration. So she was just like the fer- the pheromones were so strong. Yeah. She was like, it took her all the way back home, you know. And he was cool with it. Yeah, he said, hey, that suits the schedule fine. I don't know much about him, and I don't need to know. Yeah, I mean, that I've sense. tried prying, actually. Really? Well, yeah, because you kind of want to know. You're kind of like, at first, like... Do you? No, you really don't. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I but wouldn't want to know anything. You kind of have some curiosity, because it seems too good to be true. You know, right, right, right. gal that says, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, enter, and she's never done anything like that before, she says. And I believe her. I believe women. Right, so, right. Right. I feel like you'd be able to tell. Yeah. Also. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Because she was somewhat like, oh my God, like when we first started hooking up. Like, yeah, yeah. This I'm, is I'm such imagine. a new, like, whatever right. type thing. Right. But she, you know, I kind of would ask, like, 
so what's you know he not doing that like I'm doing here? Is this kind of, is this a case? Apparently of, like, a lot. And mostly what I'm getting at is like is this a case of old dick or no dick? You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I'm That's an interesting like, question. This is a uh, this is this is just you know and it, she just cut me off was just like you know let us worry about us you know and I was like yeah you're right you're absolutely so she didn't tell you anything did you get a vibe do you think it was no dick or roll dick now I'm curious yeah right yeah yeah yeah. curious (laughs) yeah talking to you about um I'm thinking old okay yeah I really do I think like and and who knows maybe old translates to no it's kind of like oh yeah it's old and then you're like, well, what the fuck do I want old dick for? Right, right, so right. For sure. It probably, it's definitely, old definitely means less. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. At least less. Right. So, it's kind of new and exciting. And, and, yeah, she pulls out all the stops, man. She fucking puts hieroglyphics on Spotify while she gives me head. And, like, that's just fucking Wow. That's <laughs> perfect for you. Yeah. Wow. So... Things are like, you know, that's that's been a good good thing. How did I get on that subject? I, I don't remember, but I'm very interested now. <laughs> oh, 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 about girls throwing themselves at me. Yeah, so, right, right, so, right. yeah, so I haven't really been that concerned with that subject. Are you afraid that it's gonna blow up though? I would be I would be worried that maybe like I would always just have that in the back of my mind like some dudes got, maybe I'm scaring you but like some dudes no. gonna like show up at your house and like knock on the door like what the fuck are you doing no cause he don't know where I live she don't even know oh yeah oh okay. yeah I mean listen I do. you've covered your tracks oh well yeah I, yeah that would be my I would just be afraid getting into that I'd be like cause that can change on a dime you yeah. know, like suddenly somebody is fine with it, and the next day they could not be fine with it, and they right. come up with your door with a baseball bat, like well, that's the whole my wife. Thing. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, I don't think she's telling him nothing or anything like that. Right, right. I, I mean, I wonder. That would be interesting if she like weaponized it against him or whatever. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're in a fight, and like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could see that in one second. Some girl being like, being like, "Oh, you don't even fuck me that good. You know how I know? Yeah. So I'm gonna get that good dick somewhere else. Yeah, yeah." What? But and my just, thing is like this with it. I'm kind of starting to think about it more, you know, past like, you know, the orgasm factor and um, <laughs> kind of considering like what's this all about in terms of their relationship. So like, because like if you... If, they were, you know, she was to marry this guy or some kind of thing. Right, right. I'm not gonna fuck her anymore. Like, oh, so they're not married? No. Oh, I thought they were. No, okay. they're they're together, but they're not. Oh, okay, like, okay, okay. So, so is that the thing for guys? I'm cu- I'm just curious. Like, if a girl told you what she wanted to be polyamorous and she was married, that's where you draw the line. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because then I'm kind of like, why are you bringing? If you had to bring some extra shit into it, like. A covenant, usually like a religious thing or something. It kind of tells me one of two things. Like one, you didn't think very much about that before you got into something that's like more serious. Right. Probably you get benefits from doing it from the state. Right. A house. And then if you got kids, nah, man. Yeah, kids. That's like yeah, for sure. None of that shit. For sure. Single moms are cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had that. You right. Know, but unless they're trying to be a mom again. I've seen that happen. 
Yeah, I can imagine Not that. from my end, but I remember talking to one. She was a babe, and then she had a couple kids, and I remember DMing me and being like, you know, I always love to have, like, a new baby around the house or something. Oh, my and God. Like, oh, shit. Time to... Time to debo this combo. You can always kind of tell the kind of girls we're gonna like. Yeah, and, you, and, can, you and, can always tell. And within you know eight months, I look at her Facebook page again, and there you go. So yep. Some other big dude knocked her up again, and then bow. I was like, yep. man, I just dodged a fucking machete. Yes, you did. Machete. Yes, you did. So. So here's here's my question then, because yeah, I I talk to I talk to dudes about this all the time. What's scarier to you? A girl getting pregnant or you getting an STD? Like, of unprotected sex, which is mm. which is scarier? Depends what STD it is. I feel like STD is by far the scarier one. Nah. But dudes always say that because, like, the thing with pregnancy, you can do something about it. Like, every step of the way, that shit's preventable. You can, but you can't. As a dude, I guess you can't. But... Because here's the thing with pregnancy, like... A woman can get an IUD that goes for like ten years or something like that. Like five, yeah. Five, yeah, yeah. Standard. Okay, I thought I read ten on the. It's plan. like five to seven. I I have one. It was like five to seven, I think. One of my recent ones is telling me, "Oh yeah, I got this thing for five years. I never heard of such a thing." I said, "Well, that sounds like some bullshit." No, it's not. And then I looked it up, and I was like, "Okay, that's yeah. legit." Yeah. So. There was that thing, and then I also started thinking, like, you know, if, for instance, a woman gets knocked up, does she go ahead with the abortion? I mean, a lot of women will say, I'm pro-choice, but then when it when comes, they come to, to the it, point, yeah, for sure, but, shit. but there's also plan B pill. Like there's also there's I've that hole in between, yeah, right. right. It's a big spectrum, but but, right. but but like before you even get to like the fetus being created, there's right. something you can do. Right. That's my point. It's like you don't. It's not just abortion. I'm just saying way before that, right. there's more you can do. So I feel like it's way scarier to get an STD because then you're like a lot of that shit's for life. Yeah. And every time you start a relationship with a new person, you gotta be like, hey. Yeah. If you're ethical, no, <laughs> I'm it. No. But I feel like a lot of dudes are like, no, it's way scarier. Pregnancy's way scarier. Like Josh says that all the time. Oh, Josh is always like, oh my god, it was so much less scarier to me. Because you don't have a choice in the matter. The woman yeah. makes that decision. But like, this is the other thing. Is like, there are some STDs like I don't know, like herpes simplex virus one that like 60, 70 percent of the population have. Yeah, but who wants to join that sixty percent? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, it's not your goal or nothing, right? But right? Like, right? But it's not like it lies dormant. It doesn't harm you. There's no right. symptoms other than a cold sore every now and then. Most people get it, and it's not even from fucking sex. Right? 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 The so herpes if you're virus is like, like that shit. Then I'm like, all right, I'll take that. But right. if you're talking like. Got rhea or some burning some shit. I'm saying, like, or like, where, where really things turn green or like, yeah. shit. I mean, you could just take a couple yeah, yeah, pills that's, you, and that shit dries up in three hours. But right, but still, it's just like, ooh. But yeah, nah, HPV, fucking. Yeah, and HPV. There's all kinds of HIV, strains. Of course. Yeah, yeah. 
gonorrhea, syphilis, woo, yeah, stuff that fucks with your brain. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's that is so much scarier. Rots your brain like crocodile. Like, what's the worst case? A baby or like your your brain it gets fucked up. Well, that's an you interesting uh, game of taboo. Mm-hmm. Or is that the right game? I don't know, but it's an interesting. Yeah, it's Russian Dilemma. roulette, if you will. <laughs> so, what do you got coming up? Um, I am hosting every Saturday at Driftwood. at Driftwood, and that's a great show. Everybody should come out to that, both comics that sign up on site for comics. We have, you know, our lowest show is 40 people. You know, we have, two weeks ago we had over 100 people. This week we had something like 60. We have huge numbers. It's a great room. Every Saturday, 8 p.m., a drift one on each street. So I've been doing that. Um, what else do I have coming up? I'm doing, this week, I'm doing Town Tavern on Wednesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing Big Hunt a lot of Fridays on the late night show. Um, I got Cellar Door. I've got a guest spot at Cellar Door on January 21st, mm-hmm. I think it is. So, yeah, just like a lot. A lot of comedy. You know, you know. And yeah. That's Try to do more of these apartment shows. Fuck yeah, dude. Your apartment shows are the best. Thanks. I'm not kidding. Thanks. I mean they're nice, they're concise. You got five or six people, you know, comics, you don't get thirty or whatever I, rolling around. That's yeah, I'm I think that's that's I'm so big on that. Everybody like, gets paid. Yep. Sometimes you get fucking gift cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> $100. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, those are fun shows. And, and even if you got to drive a little bit, so occasionally you get one that's right. out there. It's right. well worth it to me. Right. Yeah, I think so too. I've learned so much from from those shows. Like both, you know, I started pressuring myself doing those. And I would make myself do a 15-minute spot. Right. And I like to bring comics that are like really great. And so putting myself in a lineup with people that are really great, I think that's made me get so much better so much faster. Because it's like you have to get... I gotta get on that level. Yeah. You know? Fuck yeah. And you're on stage for longer. And it's helped... It's, that's been one of the most helpful things I've done in the past year of those shows. And they're really fun. Yeah. And they pay great money, pay which lot. is... Which is really great. And, the, and, you know, now that I'm working on other sorts of bar shows, I'm like, wow, these apartment shows really are like... Mm-hmm. Really, where it's at? Yeah, they're a they're a vast, untapped resource. Yes, yes, they are. Well, I will be featuring now with Cellar Door December the third for Mickey Coachella. Um, that is over there. So, that's a Sunday, December third, seven p.m. That's Frederick Five North Market Street. Um. I believe I have a new thing with uh, Big Time and Comedy, Eric Jolliker's outfit on December the 6th. Uh, hold on, I'm going to figure that one out for y'all so everybody knows. But then also, while I'm looking that up, you should come to Don't Block the Box this Friday, November 17th, John Conroy's headlining. We have... Uh, Reggie Melbro, my co-producer, Charity Sinead Bryan, uh, Joe Gilpin, and the Nikki Fuchs will be. Uh, 
from that one. Um, me and Adrian Rodney have a couple things. The last Wednesday of this month, the Black Squirrel, 8 p.m., um, as well as the previous Tuesday, which will be the Colony Club on Kenyon in Georgia, 8 o'clock. You can buy tickets on Eventbrite for like two bucks. It's fucking deal, or you can just end up, um, whatchamacallit, um, buying at the door for $5. So, also, December 9th, featuring for Wendy Townsend, Cambridge, Maryland, 15 to 20 minutes, busy fucking steal. Um, it's gonna be killer, and I will have more deets on that coming very soon, but that is, that's a ways away, so if I have any listeners out there in the Maryland, Cambridge, Maryland area, come, come holler at your boy, we'll have a great time, me and my friend went to town, and that's about it for right about now, but we're, uh, we're gonna make it happen, so, uh, I definitely want to thank Elena for coming in and Thank you for having me. Having a productive conversation. Yeah. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Yeah. Peace. Peace.